There is no nobility in poverty. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every fucking time. Welcome everybody to the Money Time Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Hernandez. And with me today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a huge, huge impact uh, that he's made to my life. He is a business owner. He owns the Mortgage Phoenix Group. He is a rock star in the mortgage industry mm-hmm. and a light human being is the way I like to see it. Uh, but you guys, what's super cool about, about this gentleman is he was there from literally the beginning when I was a real estate assistant, mm-hmm. and he's helped me beyond belief. Let's welcome the one and only Mr. Francisco Hara. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Thank you for that introduction. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, that, that brings me back some of the early memories there in Rancho Cucamonga. Early memories. Bro, that was like 2011 at the very onset. I think yeah you were like 18 19 years old man. highly emotional yeah, super <laughs> emotional yeah yeah it's channeled in now you've integrated that a bit that's just nice but i do remember you were just like a little just little tornado running around bro all over the place dude but you had a lot of energy and look at what that energy's brought you now so yeah. congratulations on on having all this man it's the first time i've actually visited your office and i love the the scene the vibe here and uh yeah it just speaks to how much all that energy and putting into good use can do for you, man. Yeah, I agree. And, and you helped a lot of that, man. And, uh, yeah, thank you. you know, we'll get into that. But before we get into it, I just want to thank you, you know, for, for everything you've done for me. And uh, mm. when I literally didn't have anything, dude, you were there to, you know, to, to give me the knowledge. And uh, there were a lot of times when you bought me food when I didn't have money to buy food. And right. so... You know, all that doesn't go unseen. So I just wanted to you know, say thank you, man. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate yeah. I'll receive that. It's a little very warm here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, you know, that's just kind of the way I operate. Just always just looking to serve and and see how I can guide others. And so if it's uh, served you in that way, then I'm doing yeah. my work. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, let's get into it. So yeah, uh, let's do it. for those people who don't know who Francisco Hara is, who's Francisco Hara? Where are you from? What do you do? Okay, well, that's a loaded question, a big one. Um, so, listen, I'm 46 years old at the time of this recording. Um, you know, I was born in New York, and I think I, I grew up in a, in, a, in a privileged situation in the sense that, you know, I, I grew up in a family that was entrepreneurial. Hmm. Uh, my father owns the Pancho Villa's restaurant in the Inland Empire, so... And my uncle owes Jose's Mexican food. So, yeah, so I grew up sort of in the restaurant industry. And, um, you know, by, by happenstance, my, my uncle got me my first business book at 13 years old. And it was called How to Win Customers for Life. And as a young 13-year-old, I mean, you're not, this is not something that you think you're going to enjoy, but I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, he said to me something to the likings of like, hey, CEOs, founders, they read six to eight books a month. And he had a massive library and just kind of taught me the ropes of just personal development. And I'm kind of one of those guys that, uh, you know, you just kind of show me something that works. I just kind of go down that path. And I just started reading a ton. So I became a voracious reader. Um, You know, was really good in academics. And uh, so... When I turned, uh, you know, 18 years old, my uncle offered me a chance to go to Brigham Young University in Utah. Oh, shit. Yeah, and which I'm not Mormon for those listening, because that's always like the second question. Right. Yeah. So he just fell in love with that Mormon culture and just said, "Hey, you know, and if you if you uh, like it out in Provo, Utah, I'll pay for a full ride." And I was like, "Well, you're not, you know, how do you say no to that?" Right. So I just said, "Let's go." And uh, so I graduated with an economics degree from Brigham Young University. 
And I think, you know, given the fact that I had been reading so much with my, with my uncle and just learning as much as I could in the genre of business and personal development, uh, when I got out of college, uh, I found myself in the mortgage industry. Uh, my my ex-wife, my wife at the time, uh, her brother was a mortgage originator. And he showed me a, a check one time when we were having dinner, and it was four grand, you know, for a check. Right. And I was, at the time, I was making 40 grand a year working with my dad as a restaurant manager. So he shows me this check, and I'm like, okay, give me the background on this. And he says, yeah, this is one deal I did. I'm like, well, how many deals can you do in a month? He says, no limit. And I was like, what? So... <laughs> So, you know, and it's like I was ambitious and I said, okay, I want to talk to your broker. And he got me a conversation. Broker said to me, hey, you know, if you work an honest 40 hours a week in this industry, you'll never make less than 100 grand. And that was a really basic Hmm. thing that I said, okay, well, I'm working 70, 80 hours and I'm making 40 grand. So this sounds like a deal. I'm in. (laughs) So I jumped in and, uh, you know, given the fact that I had an economics degree, I was bilingual, I served tables through college. Um, you know, I was sort of financially very literate. I just started doing really well in the mortgage industry. You know, one thing led to another and all of a sudden I'm starting to close on a lot of, uh, Spanish speaking borrowers. And I, I noticed that there was a big niche for that market. Right. And so I dove all in into it and, uh, and given my business background, seeing my father run companies, it's like, as soon as I started making money, I started pouring that into advertising mm. instead of doing maybe what the traditional loan officer or real estate person does, takes that full commission and blows it. Yep. I was putting half of it back into work, into marketing, and so I just started to scale, man. And I mean, in this industry, as long as you work hard and you have a good work ethic and you're intelligent with money, it seems like it responds pretty well, you right. know? And so, right. you know, go, going back to your origin story, is just... I have a lot of energy and I was just putting it in the direction of what I feel was working. And within a short time, I'm, I'm in a situation where I have a hundred employees. I got four different offices through Southern California. Things are just humming along. I married my college sweetheart. You know, I got, I got my one son already and then the other one's in the womb. And then that's when life throws the first curveball. I'm diagnosed with the stage three cancer. Wow. And that was just like putting on the brakes, you know, I'm, I'm literally going as fast as I can, trying to get to the top of the mountain. And all of a sudden it was just like the first the first thing, just er, boom, just complete stop. And, you know, and life does that, as you know, man, it's just like right. when it wants to get to your attention, it freaking grabs you and gets you by the hair and the neck and says, look at this, you know. And I think at the time it was really like, slow down, man, slow down. Wow. But, you know, just like any good entrepreneur, I took the first sign and blew right through it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I blew right through it. And I just kept going. And, uh, you know, as soon as I got better, I just, I doubled down, to be honest. You know, this was 2006. And I was like, man, life is short. Right. Life is short. And uh, at the time, you know, I was living out in Westchester, L.A. And, and I decided to go all in on my dream house. So I bought, I bought in San Clemente. Right. You know, right I bought a $2 street. million dollar fixer upper and this is an 06, you know? So cool. Yeah. And it was fun, man. I, you know, I, you know, I'd been doing really well in the industry. So I just, I took a bunch of cash and just remodeled the heck out of that thing. And I flipped a $2 million, you know, uh, 5,400 square foot house and 
flip, meaning I, I got it to like the way I wanted it in about two months. So it was a massive remodel. Oh, wow. I spent maybe like half a million dollars on the remodel in two months. <laughs> Right out of cancer, I still didn't have hair, you know, and I was just like, I was, I was just happy to be alive, man. You know, right. I was like second chance at this, and I'm like, I'm going for the dream home on top of the hill. I want to see the ocean, and and so I went all in, and uh, and that lasted a good little while, and then the market just collapsed on us, you wow. know, the Great Recession of '08, the bomb hits the mortgage industry, and I have to liquidate that in a building that I had bought in Ontario, and. But I was out, I was able to get out from underneath the debt, you know, almost five million dollars of, of you know residential and commercial debt on right. both the building and the house, and uh, so I sell that, and and then the one that breaks the, my back, that was the divorce. And so if you can imagine, stage three cancer, multi million dollar business bankruptcy, and then and then and then the divorce, yeah. and so then what what then that ended up doing for me, it kind of it moved me into what I think a lot of people are going through right now, sort of the dark night of the soul. Mm. Right. Just a really sort of dark period where mm. nothing that, you know, seemed to work in the beginning works. It's like it literally gets you to question your entire sort of existence, if you will. Right. And uh, and, and it, you know, there were very contemplative years. I, I didn't know exactly which direction to go. I was still in mortgage, but, you know, that that's kind of where it what I then I ran into spiritual psychology. As you know, I ended right. up getting a master's degree at the University of Santa Monica. And when I started to get into spiritual psychology and started to understand how to really properly heal at a, at a soul level, that's where things became really interesting for me. I was like, oh, my God, there's, this, there's an entirely different way to view this matrix, this reality. Right. We all get a very certain set, uh, set of frameworks. And I, what I mean by frameworks, just lenses, right? Like when we're born, we're given lenses to see the world, frameworks, you know, whether it's mother, father, church, or state, or science, like, they're frameworks we put on, and we see the world through that, and right. and this is what I kind of feel like is the matrix. It's like a way to view the reality, and, and all of a sudden, I started taking those off and putting on these soul-centered ones, and all of a sudden, it was like, oh, shit. Hmm. There's actually things that are occurring in, in my life that are actually for me, Actually, wait a minute. All that's happening is happening for me. But now I had a, an interpretive uh, you know, framework to run the things that were occurring to me through that lens. And it gave me the potential to do like inner work, mm. evolutionary work, right. to address these un, unseen parts of myself that started to show up. And, and, you know, and I think in doing that, I feel like I, I sort of stumbled on a nice treasure, right? I think what we're all looking for is a deep sense of feeling fulfilled, mm. feeling like we're on purpose. Right. And after I started to address these, these parts of me, it was like, oh, you know, it's like my life started to get a lot more color. It started to, my relationship started to shift. You know, I was I was looking at everyone so differently. I was seeing them through through soul centered eyes, really like seeing the loving essence. Like I have a soul in a body in front of me, right. you know, and you know, and they're in agony or they're in pain and maybe they're projecting and doing things. But it just allowed me to view things. So all of a sudden my business relationship started to change. Um, you know, the people that I was attracting to my company started to change. The way that I would relate to my clients started to everything just started to shift. And, um, 
And that, you know, and that's really been my life over the last 10 years, just realizing that business is a game of consciousness, mm. that the better that we address our, our, our inner world, the greater the expression that can come out of us. And, uh, and so now I, I obviously I established the Mortgage Phoenix under that whole idea and, uh, and also now Giving Business Soul, which is a coaching and mentoring organization where I help entrepreneurs begin this path. And right. But yeah, and uh, you know, I got like four organizations right at the moment. You know, I'm doing Power, also EXP, and right. and the Mortgage Phoenix, and that. So, and I'm infusing this this way of being inside of all the organizations, and uh, so it's uh yeah, it's a life a life that has a lot of color in it. It's a life worth living. You know, mm -hmm. I'm having a good time, and I feel certainly on on my mission on purpose. So. That is awesome, dude. Yeah. That is so good. I didn't know a lot of that. Mm. And I, I do want to go back to, you grew up in New York? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. When did you move out here? So my essentially, mom and dad were having like a second. I mean, they were, my dad decided to go and work out there. So there was a okay. restaurant, interestingly enough, called Pancho Villas in Long Island, New York. No way. Yeah. And so he went to go work over there at that Pancho Villas. And then um, there in Long Island... And when my mom is getting ready to have birth, is in Manhattan. So she goes to Manhattan, gives birth to me there. Oh, and that's where the name for Pancho Villas comes Can't from, too. My dad was born in TJ in a, in a little, uh, they call them little colonias, a little, little town there called uh, Francisco Villa, which means Pancho Villa. So, oh, yeah, so it was like his, his sort of destiny was kind of right. laid out from when he was born and under at, at, you know, Francisco Villa. And then he goes and works over there and... Eventually Pancho comes Villa. over here and it's Pancho Villa. So, so he's working here. How did he get the job in New York? I don't remember that connection. I think he there was some business owner that he knew, and uh, you know, at that time, and this is you know, nine, uh, late seventies. I'm born in 1977, and he must have had a contact over there, a family or somebody Dude, working so cool. out there. <laughs> yeah. How long did you live out there? Only like six months. Okay. So that's pretty much like my claim. It's like I'm right. born in New York and <laughs> I like it. It sounds better when you're in California. But if you're sure. like, hey, this and that, I'm like, dude, I was just born there. That's all I got, that's all I got for so you. So like six months, then you guys moved back yeah. here? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That makes sense. And been in California ever yeah, since. Where where'd you guys grow up in California? <clears throat> where where'd you grow up in California? Uh, Norwalk, actually. Oh, really? So, yeah, I grew up in Norwalk, right oh, there sure. around the One Ways area. Yeah, so my yeah. deals were veteranos and, you know, essentially... Uh, you know, coming from that era of a lot of cholos and all that stuff yeah. and the Norwalk and one ways and yep. they go cruising and all that stuff. And yeah. my the uncles have the like the three dots for my vida loca and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. So yeah, man, that's 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 the soil from which I come. <laughs> <laughs> We're from well, Downey Huntington Park right there. Yeah, right, right in the right in the thick of it, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I did not know any of that. So then Okay, so you go to college. Yeah. Uh, when did you, how old were you when you got out of college and started working for your dad? So I was 22 at the time, and prior to me going to college, I was already working as a, as a restaurant, you know, waiter and serving tables, bartending, doing all that kind of stuff that you do when, you, when you're in a restaurant family. And then right. uncle offers that, and so I say yes. To, I did my, my two years here at Crafton Hills College in Yukaipa. And, uh, and then after that, he offers me Utah, and I go there for my junior, senior year. I get back when I'm 22, and I go in to work with my dad. And, uh, but, you know, he's, he's, he's a really successful business owner and, and right. uh, very much um, grew up in the Mexican culture. So, you know, here I am graduating college thinking I know better than dad. 
So it was like, you know, two strong Capricorns going at it. It just didn't quite work. Right. You know, it was like, Dad, do this, let's do this. And it's like, dude, you're still wet around the ears. You don't know what the fuck you're talking Get about. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> go clean tables. Exactly. <laughs> dude, go wait on tables, go manage my restaurant, but you're not telling me what to do. <laughs> and, you know, and so then then that's when I ran into my brother in law and he showed me the check. And then that's how that whole thing began. But I do think, you know, I'm 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 proud to have done that. You know, yeah. I think I think going out and carving your own path, as you know, right. It's like there is something that's very um rewarding about that it, it also yeah just defines you in a lot of ways and it's not to say that that story's over i mean you know right. there's so much possibility with going back and working with my dad and you know that we've talked about opening restaurants at some point together so we'll that. see we'll see that is cool yeah. is there anything that you learned from working at the restaurants that played a big role in your mortgage career? I think so. I mean, I think, you know, it's just imagine, you know, you're as Pancho Villas, especially, I mean, you're sitting so many people. So I right. think you had to get really good at sort of reading the table, mm. you know, and, and uh, getting a sense of people's personalities. I think having that servant mentality where you're just looking to see if there's something missing at the table so you can bring in, making sure your tip is secure. So that sort of uh, the, that attentiveness, I think, is probably what it taught me. So that mm. way, when I had mortgages, and realizing, okay, so like it's one thing to handle people's food. Now it's like people's largest liability, their largest asset in their home and mortgage. It's like I needed to be attentive. And and having a, an attentive sort of mindset for clients, I think, served really, really well for the first couple of years that I originated. But then I started managing, you know, and, and meaning the, the actual mortgage company itself and i wasn't necessarily originating right and 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 even that helped because you know when i was working at the restaurant seeing my dad and just like how he managed and you know and how right. he led and you know so all of those things certainly certainly served the path for sure love it it's all yeah. connected oh yeah yeah it certainly is so good <laughs> so uh graduate get into mortgage mm-hmm you you guys are in Malibu, right? Mm -hmm. That's when you owned the. How many branches did you guys have? I had yeah. The, at the time, I had a house in. Actually, it was in Hermosa Beach. Hermosa that I Beach. had the, the house at that time, and uh, and I had four offices and uh, close to hundred employees. A hundred employees. Mm -hmm. Jesus. What were you guys doing on a monthly, annually perspective? I think we were doing close to a million a month in revenues. Wow, that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And what is what did pro, what are profit margins? What were they? Well, then? you know, I, I, well, we were we were just trying to grow at such a fast pace that you know there, there was good margins at some points, you know, twenty twenty five percent. But right. when you, as you know, you're trying to grow all the time. I thought I had a formula to go nationwide, so I was just mm -hmm. kind of always investing in technology and platforms. I started seeing even back then that that you know having platforms was a key, some sort of technology that allowed you to do your business, do your systems. So I had a lot of money in that, but uh, but yeah, I mean margins start to get really good as long as the overheads are kept in alignment. As you right. know, it's like right. yeah, you can be doing millions a month, but if you just got you're too extended. And at that time, I just I didn't have good, you know. I mean, we had a um, a controller and and a CFO at the time, and you know, but but yeah, and you're 25, 26, 27, 28 years old, bro. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it's like I was in new terrain and I was like, CFO, <laughs> I was like, dude, this is crazy. And then a controller and you got so much cash coming in and out, you know, right. so you're just trying to do the best you can. But 
you know, I, I think, I think, you know, to that I also idea, it's like life, life is happening for us too. Like if I would have, mm. if that, if that system and that business would have kept going, I would have built a, an entire organization on sort of like on the wrong intention. It was right. about becoming the largest and biggest and right. it didn't really have a soul into it. You know, mm. it was just kind of like, I want to be the best, you know? Right. And, and I think that that's, uh, you know, that may have its place, but I feel like in order for you to really sort of live out your higher purpose, there has to be the sense like you're doing sort of like something for a deeper reason and it's not mm -hmm. just money based, you know, so. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because most people want to be number one. Yeah. They want to be the best. They want to be the best in their industry, mm -hmm. right? When they when you think of mortgage, you want they want you to think of them. Yeah. Is that... Um, is, is, is that a majority of an ego standpoint? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would say that it's not even necessarily an ego standpoint as much as we, we're, we're uh, sort of conditioned by society. Okay. And society essentially values at this point, you know, success and, and the money that comes with that. And so when we sort of incarnate into a structure that sees that values that and people that are at the top seem to be happy then it's like i think the natural thing for us to do is go that must be the way hmm. so then okay i need to become the fastest strongest and the best hmm. and again that's that's kind of like that framework that i mentioned about like framework and the lenses that you get put on when you come into this reality of you know mother father church state or science but from the science lens you know we get taught darwinism Right. And it's survival of the fittest and the strongest survive. And so that's sort of a way that we view things. And then we get into an industry and we suppose, okay, survival of the fittest, get to the top of the mountain and we got to get to scale this thing. And, and I think what we're starting to realize, even, even from like uh, Steve Jobs and what he sort of let us know through his own pathway there was like, hey, I, I kind of got it all wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, just, just wanting to scale the mountain for the sake of scaling the mountain it led me to a place of now he's sick and dying and you know obviously he's transitioned now but i think i think he was also indicating hey there is got to be a different way and and what i like to share with entrepreneurs is like look if you have ambition for just ambitious sake it's going to turn to greed it's going to eventually turn to greed mm. but if you have ambition and it's rooted in a higher purpose you know, then have all the ambition you want. So good. You know, because at that point, then it's like you're utilizing that energy of ambition, which is the will to power, is the strongest will that we got, but it's actually anchored in a, in a higher order, in a, in a different, mm -hmm. in a love for humanity. And so that's, that's really ultimately, I think, what I'm teaching entrepreneurs now. It's like, look, I've done it both ways. Right. I've done it both ways where it's like I just – got in business and biggest, strongest and fastest and led me to the divorce, to all the different things where now I'm like, okay, so what if there is a different approach, you know? And for me, that different approach is, what if we were to heal? What if we address all of the pain that we've experienced? What I find is that when I take men or women down into those places, uh, essentially they discover their soul. It's only if you can imagine your soul is underneath all the ego structures that get laid into you, right? Okay. These events that happen to you essentially create ego constructs because the ego wants to protect you. So you have a trauma that happens or a wound or a negative experience. 
the the ego comes in and says, okay, let me protect you. And and when you get older, that mechanism is still running. That program is still running, the, the, the protective mechanism, but it doesn't really serve your higher purpose, mm. you know, because it, it's, it's an old, faulty program. And so what the work is, is to, is to go in there, address those wounds, dissolve those ego structures, and what literally starts to emerge out of that is like the soul really like starts to resurrect. You know, it's mm. like your true connection to yourself literally starts to come online because all the mental constructs you created dissolve. And when so the good. soul comes through, then I think that, that that's where you really, that's, that's for me is like the real birth, you know? Right. It's like when you realize that you're a soul and a body, you know, you're born through your mother first, but, but for most people that are born right now, it's like you're on automatic. You're a little, you just don't even know you're in a matrix. You're just kind of, you know, kind of going through it. Right. When you at some point through God's grace runs into the world and all of a sudden you realize I'm a soul in a body, it's like, whoa. And at that point, then it's like you want to at some point then begin to help or serve others or there's a generosity that starts to come about. You become altruistic, you know. And, and in that, that part, I think, is like when you can marry that altruistic part of the soul with business, I think now we got a winning formula. So good. Yeah. So good. Tony, Tony Robbins always talks about uh, success without fulfillment, the ultimate failure. There you go. But so many people can never find what that fulfillment is, right? They think it's more money. They think it's a exactly. bigger house. They think it's a bigger family. When what I'm hearing you say is it's much deeper than that. Yeah. It's on a it's on an on a deep internal level personally. Yeah. How do, how does one access that? How That's does one question. find that? That's a great question. So so here's 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 the framework that we offer people, right? Because you're you're absolutely right. And I love that that Tony's been saying that, but it's like it's like if you don't have fulfillment as an entrepreneur, it's like it's like, what the fuck are we doing it for? It's yeah. like, you know, again. We're misled and we think this is going to get us there, but it ultimately doesn't. And so, and so I feel like if you want to find your purpose, you have to look out into society and look at what part of society breaks your heart. Hmm. What part of society do you look at and go, fuck, that is such an injustice that that shit is still going on. For me, that's where God left the breadcrumb for you. And said, Adrian, follow that. Follow your pain right there. Follow your heartbreak. Because if you follow that, that's going to be a part of why you're here on the planet. So you know, and, and, and if you can tie that thing to your business, where you tie it to that thing, 1%, 2%, 3%, whatever revenue portion you want, but it's a, literally a line item on the P&L, and you say, okay, I'm going to do 3% of front-end revenue to that veteran cause or through that orphanages right there. And, and, and now you feel fucking good about being ambitious. Right. Right? Because <laughs> right. it's like, well, I'm, I'm, at the same time that I'm making more money, I'm also healing a Helping, portion of, right. of our humanity. So right? And, and by simply doing that, then what happens to your culture? Mm. When you're taking your, your, your people to go and let's go do this philanthropy let's, once a quarter, and then they start saying, well, shit, if I work my ass off here with Adrian, at least I know he's just not all money-hungry, profit-driven. There's actually a great cause here underneath this, so. and I want to I dump my energy in this garden because I know that the fruits that are coming are, are these fruits. 
you so know good. so i think that that's a really clean framework and i think too what what i find especially a lot of young entrepreneurs like they want like my son as an example like they want to get in business but they also see the current paradigm and they go fuck that dude I don't know if I want to go down into that rat race of this and, and just doing stuff to get, you know, bigger cars and bigger yachts. Exactly. But it's like once he found out about power and that they were a B Corp and that they were healing the planet and doing all that stuff, then it's like, it. okay, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued now, dad. So, so even I think for individuals that are wanting to get in business, if you get in business and you just do that thing that I just said, find your heartbreak and figure out a way to tie that into your business, then I think you got a formula for fulfillment. Because what, what I realized, brother, it was that the first 10 years, it was bigger house, bigger cars, and I was literally trying to fill the void, right? We have a void. I know I could fill that void in my heart. Where it was just like something's fucking missing. For Get sure. me something, you know, and let right. me, I need, I need a hit of something. And, and then at some point, when I started to lead with philanthropy and I started to build homes for women and children, it was like, it took about five years of sort of following that, that pathway. But I clearly remember the day that that, that that void disappeared. And I woke up that morning and I was like, where is that hole? Wow. Where's the hole? It was no longer there in my heart. And what I surmise now is that is that because I started to lead with philanthropy, which means the love of humanity, and started to build those homes and do the work that I was doing, it was the love that filled the void, mm. right? Because that made make perfect sense that the only thing that can feel and fill the energetic void in my heart would be love. Right. It wouldn't be money. It wouldn't right. be the bigger house. It would actually be love, you know? And so by leading my business with love and with philanthropy, I feel like I filmed that thing. And I was like, holy shit, this is a treasure. And I think everyone's looking for it. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. like, and if I can just teach other entrepreneurs, like, hey, I'm not saying don't be ambitious. Like, dude, go go crack at it if you, if you, if you can do big things. But if it's not rooted in a higher purpose, at some point you're going to, you're going to sell the company, you're going to make a lot of money, and then you're going to at some point feel the existential angst of like, fuck, why am I human? Right. Well, did I really right. just come to establish this and then sell it and make money? And like, that's, you know, it's, 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 it. it's something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. the end of the game. No, there's a deeper reason why you're here. That is so good. And with that, Frank, no one <laughs> talks about that on social media. No <laughs> one talks about that in the business space. It's always, especially on social media, especially with my generation and yeah. the generation after me, is it's all about, the Ferraris, the mm -hmm. Lambos, the watches, right? How That's can it. they? I don't. I don't see anybody talking about mm -hmm. the the emotional or just the power that comes with love, right? Because yeah. it is the strongest emotion. Sure, right? It's the only. It it is the path that I believe that Tony's talked about over and over again. Mm -hmm. It is the path to that healing, right? It is the mm -hmm. path to making us feel better. But no one ever talks about it, right? And 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 is that because of this masculinity that is that 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 is covering a lot of that? Because we see that in both women and in men. Yeah, yeah. I I think, bro. To be honest with you, I I feel like where where the where the issue is is that no one no one we're all walking around pretty pretty hurt. We have a lot of repressed emotions, a lot of hurt, um, and no one's ever given us a, a straightforward way that we can actually heal, that we can address these pains. 
I, I say that the two things that bind every human is love, right? We get that sense, especially when you become a father or a mother. It's like, oh, it's all love and this is beautiful, your connection with God. Right. So love is the binding force, but so is suffering. Like no one, no one, no one comes mm. through the earth and not actually experience suffering. Right. It's almost like the karmic debt for being human. It's like, okay, Adrian, here's your Holy Spirit light, and then here's this wound. You know, you're gonna you're gonna run into this, 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 and this. Right. No, no one goes through the earth soil here without without their own thing, and and, and I think once we realize that. And, and then we actually get to the point of addressing that pain and actually healing it. And healing it isn't like, you know, going and doing a mushroom experience and doing an ayahuasca ceremony or doing a psychedelic. All that that does is it literally points you in the direction of where your pain is. Mm. But it actually doesn't do anything to heal that and to integrate that. You know, it just, again, it sort of opens up Pandora's box. Right. And you might have some cool conversations you can have at parties about your ayahuasca experience, but it's not, it doesn't make you enlightened. Right. It doesn't make you, you know, all of a sudden that you've arrived. Yeah, you're not fixed. Yeah, yeah, you're certainly not fixed. <laughs> right. People will sell it as a quick fix. <laughs> For you sure. Know? People will sell it as a quick fix. Anything to sell something, you know, but it's not, it's, not, it's not it. And I think that if we were to do this inner work and deconstruct the ego and heal that, you know, then I feel like we would naturally be talking about some of these more important things. But when you don't understand how to address your inner pain and don't know how to heal, then it's like you're just a part of the old movie. You know, okay. you're just a part of that old movie. And what, what I feel like Giving Business Soul is here to do is sort of like, it, it, it's, it's, it's to introduce us into a new story, right? into a new potential. You know, and, and that potential, I do feel like lies in the hands of entrepreneurs. You know, I think I've shared you, you know, this this sort of basic framework. But if we want to shift the the planet, you have to look at who's got the largest buildings. Right. The largest buildings always reflect where the concentration of power is. Right. So so and if you want to shift a society well, you have to look, OK, who's the dominant power structure? Right. Well, who's got the largest buildings? At the beginning of time, the castles on the landscape represented the largest building. And at that time, the kings and the queens held the most amount of power. Right. Okay. And then eventually the church buildings became the largest. And at that time, the priest and the pope were sort of guiding us. Hmm. And then the capital state buildings of states and countries became the largest. And at that time, presidents, presidents and politicians started to govern us. Right now, when we look out into the landscape, we see that the largest buildings belong to businesses. Businesses hold the greatest amount of power because they have the concentration of power. And it's the first time in human history that we actually can shift that power structure because we're entrepreneurs. Right. Right. Like you had to be of a bloodline to be a king, a queen, a priest, a politician. It's like you have to be bloodlines. Right. But right now we don't. Right. So what if we started to show up differently? Mm. You know, what if we started to do this sort of inner work and we started to lead with a higher purpose in our business, with the philanthropy? Look at what breaks your heart and imagine, you know, imagine you start to do that and then you find your heartbreak and then you tie it and then they t they. 
all of a sudden we're no longer on our fucking knees saying, please change government. Please change. It's like it's, it's asinine for us to literally be begging these guys and ladies that are in power to change. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, let's just take the power back and say, so OK, good. let's just start shifting the way that we show up. It's kind of like what Buck Mr. Fuller said. He says, you never change a system by fighting the old one. Mm. You just get to the work of creating the new one. Yeah. Well, what is that blueprint? You know, how are we going to do this? And I think that that if we do, if if we have the courage to venture in to heal, and to address our pain, then when we start to emerge out as as these business owners that are like self-realized in a way, like professional self-realization, where it's like I'm just much more aware of who I am, right? You know, and 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 also just for those listening, uh, I am not of the advocate of saying like we want to kill our egos. Right, right. Right. People people get that all wrong in our in Most our definitely. in our industries. You know, it's like it's like the ego is a gift from God. But in the very beginning of the journey, it's there as a protector because it's so traumatic being a human that it has to protect us. Right. Once we start to heal that, you know, and we deconstruct the, the structure of the ego, it starts to become an ally for us. Mm. You know, it, so it goes good. from becoming the foe and keeping you locked down to becoming an ally. So good. And when, when, you be, when it becomes an ally, it gives you a fucking backbone, mm. you know? Like, right. like if you're here to do something really big in the world, you're not going to do it without an ego. Yeah. yeah. You're going to need a backbone. Yeah. You know, but it's a backbone that, that, that is unapologetic about what your mission is here on the earth. You know, that true divine connection that you're here on mission from God, that you're doing something to heal a portion of humanity. It's like we're going to need backbones. You know, we're going to need that, that sort of very ferocious energy and the only way I think that you become ferocious is you got to go to hell, right? <laughs> and what is hell is to go and deal with all your pain, yeah. you know, because when you come out of that hell, it's like, it's like, motherfucker, you can't kill me. Yeah. Yeah. You can't kill me. It. Yeah. I've been through it, you know, and that's, it's so an aspect, it's an aspect of what I say about the great work. You know, this is what I call the great work, but it's like, what we're trying to do is we're trying to die before we die. So that when we die, we don't die. Say that again. So we're trying to die before we die. Okay. So that when we really do die, we don't die. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it, it, the, that. That what what that what that quote is sort of pointing to. Once you do this deep work and you do venture into your unconscious, your underworld, your hell, all these different things, it's like you you die. Like you go do, you sit in a ceremony, you go do something hard, you're like you die. As a person of you yeah. dies. Right. And the more you get better at getting in the damn ice bath in the morning, you know, and you just keep dying and dying, at some point, what happens is you realize that you're immortal. So you, good. You, right? You realize <laughs> right. that you're immortal because it's like I, the soul doesn't die. Right. The soul doesn't die, just the mortal body, you know? And, and, and I think that that's, that's, that's ultimately also what brings us into what I think Jesus promised us, you know, right. to bring in the religion a little bit. But what I think what he was saying was just that, you know, is, is to die before you die so that when you die, you don't die, just kind of like how he did it. How did he do it? Well, he, 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 he went to go approach his betrayals. 
he had five major betrayals and he went into those betrayals, right? Right. And and he says, like, if you do what he does, you could do even greater works than I. And what he promised us was eternity, mm. right? And most people have confusion about eternity. They think that it's this long duration of time. Right. But but time is really more of a man-made construct. Right. So there really is no no linear time. It's just the eternal now. Right. Right. So 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 eternity isn't a duration of time. It's a timeless state. So then eternal life is granted to those who can live in the present moment, right? Wow. And the only way to live in the present moment is you have to die to your old self over and over again. And that makes you deeply present. And when you're totally present, you're in the eternity, you know? So good, <laughs> You're in the internal life, you know? And that's where I think you, you, become, a, you become someone of, of real relevance on the planet. Right. Really present clear as can be because your body is you know strong your psychology is anchored in 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 a, in a deeper understanding and i think in order to transition the world and, and create a shift we're going to need a lot more of those people most definitely <laughs> talk about a perspective right mm-hmm. talk about a perspective where so many of us are trying not to die mm-hmm. so many of us are trying not to kill that one self that needs to be killed for mm-hmm. us to go to that next level that is so good my perspective, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was, that was, that was, dude, for for you, Frank, was it was it was it the cancer that 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 had you mm. explore this new world of 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 I, I I'm not gonna use the word enlightenment, but yeah. lightness. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a part of it. I think I think going through those three events, you know, and then going into that that dark night of the soul. I think that that's what sort of led all this. I think that's where my life really began was was in those like having that cancer was like I think I was on autopilot just, you know, again trying right. to get to the top as fast as I could and that right. was like psh. and and I think once I once I sort of was in that and then I found the the the, the spiritual psychology and I started to understand like the language for this soul, you know, and the inner world I was like, holy shit, man. So then I just started studying so much. And right. and at that time, you know, that's, I think, where, where you and I came into contact and right. down in the Intero days. But, like, I just started to explore shamanism. You know, I explored the, the Christian tradition, the Buddhist tradition. But I was, like, more in that seeking path because I was like, this isn't it, man. Right. Right. Like, it's like there's something really missing and as I started to explore all these different traditions, it sort of led me to kind of synthesize all of that and go, oh, okay. So then essentially what the real work is, it's about doing this, this process. At the end of the day, I mean, this is going to be kind of, kind of big and deep, but th- what, what we're all attempting to do, if you guys want to Google this, it's called the, the, the alchemical marriage of the opposite, the, the uniting of the opposites right essentially there's a great treasure for being human and that great treasure is the open human heart but in order to open the human heart which is where the 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 the, the real frequency comes out of it doesn't come out of the mind it comes out of the heart right. but in order for the heart to open you have to do that 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 marriage of the opposites the the uniting of the opposites and so what what the all the traditions Christian Buddhism Egypt all the wisdom traditions they all sort of signal this idea it's 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 the symbology is the is the yin and the yang we mm-hmm. essentially have light and dark inside of us we have protons and electrons at the, at the at the quantum level 
And what we're trying to do is actually like fuse those together. Essentially, it's like bringing the light and the dark into union within yourself. And when you're able to do that, there's actually a psychological or physiological experience that happens in the human body where the heart permanently opens. It permanently opens. And that's why Jesus was always showing his open human heart was because that is essentially the great treasure. You want to you if you want to anchor the kingdom of heaven here on earth, open your fucking heart. Right. But in order to open the heart, you got to go through the pain. Right. Right. It's the pain that actually contains like the melting aspect of the walls. Once you go into the pain, it wall it, it, it opens up the heart. But that's you facing your darkness. Right. You know, and that that's why. You know, it's like to your point, it's like we thought we thought, you know, I, I was having this experience that I thought people were like we were moving the consciousness needle and we were getting much more aware. And then COVID hits and all of a sudden everyone is scared about a, about a virus that's point zero zero one death rate. Right. And I'm going, what the fuck is going on with our humanity? <laughs> right. You know, I thought we were advancing and here we are like, you know, we're scared <laughs> of death to that degree. You know, it's like not even the, but all the other cultures around the world celebrate death. Right. You know, it, it's the greatest expansion that we have as humans because we go back into the light, you know. We go back into what you call your merkaba. Merkaba is 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 a term known as your light spirit body. Your light spirit body. It's depicted uh, in the symbology of the of the of the star of David. Um, and this merkaba is 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 essentially what yeah. It's called light spirit body, and that's why people that have a near death experience, they always report the exact same thing. Right, they report that they're going through a tunnel, and that as they're getting on the other side of the tunnel, it's becoming brighter and brighter right. and brighter, and and essentially it's them going through their spiritual cord back into their light bodies, so that we're connected to the physical body with the with the with the spiritual cord, and 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 as our consciousness is leaving the mortal body, it goes through that spiritual cord, which is the tunnel everybody sees. And then when they get to the other side, they feel like they're in heaven, but they're really just in their light, light. bodies. They're just in their light bodies. And, and it feels like all is love, all is connected, I'm fully accepted. And, and that's why, like in Egypt, the greatest culture that we've had you know, record of here and, and just by the buildings and what they've been able to accomplish, they were all about that. Their entire right. culture was based on this idea that you, you have this light body, and that's why they celebrated death because it was like your time is up here right you get to go back into the stars you get to go back into your light body you know right. and that that's a that's the, the greatest expansion we can experience as a human and yet here on the earth it's like we, we we look at death and we're scared of it right but i think we're scared of it because again we don't we're not doing these these soul processes of going in and, and, and experiencing our own pain and our own darkness but i feel like if we do that there's an opportunity for humanity. So, I think if we don't do that, I think we're fucked. Yeah, most definitely. Like literally, I think we're yeah. like it's it's AI it's will kid. take over. <laughs> the real Matrix. Exactly. <laughs> the bro. movie The Matrix. Yeah, bro. That's exactly what's gonna happen. They already warned us, you know. <laughs> yes, they did. What scene was that when uh, Neo was with Morpheus and they're in the white room with the TV mm-hmm. and they show with the batteries. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What how how does so you talk about the yin and the yang, the light and the dark. 
how does one work on that? Like, so, you know, I know we've, we've yeah. mentioned medicine, right? Is, is it the medicine aspect or is it, how, how does one find the two? Right. That's a great question. So what, what I, what I guide people to do, like if you want to unite your opposites, the way that you unite your opposites, at least one of them is start to look at everything that irritates you. Everything that is going on around you that irritates you, that upsets you, that causes emotional upheaval. Imagine the emotions are coming from buried deep from within you. They're in your unconscious. And whenever you see something in your screen of your movie and it, and it causes an upset, it's a signal from the, from the unconscious, from the darkness. It says, hey, Adrian, there's some stuff here. Take a look at this, Right. And when you, when you now have that data, then you can get to the work of understanding, oh, okay, I got to address that part of me. And the more that you polish, you know, that darkness, that unconscious material, the more that you, it's almost like the more that you resolved of your triggers and irritation, it's like imagine there's a big wedge between the light and the dark in you. And the more that you polish, it's like it starts to essentially that that interface starts to get really close. Right. Mm. And at some point when you do enough of it, you know, that that merger will happen. And 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 if you're so if you're experiencing wake ups or if you feel like you're here to do greater things, like you you feel like you may be a little bit unique or always been a little bit different. My sense is that you've been coded with the ability to do that. Because not every human is meant to do that. Right. Like they may not be at that point in their evolutionary journey. They may be a very young soul that's still here kind of figuring shit out. Right. But, but if you feel like, hey, I don't know, there's just something in my whole life that I feel like there's been a uniqueness or I'm a black sheep or something that I can see other people can't see, then most likely you have the genetic potential to create this, this expression. And the way that you express that potential is just look at all the shit that, that, that irritates you, right? It's so almost good. like, imagine, you know, I had a client that I was sitting with, and, and that day he came in, he's got a, a you know, deep, small little company, and he, said, and he said, man, he said, today I fired my receptionist. And he was agitated. He was really agitated. And I said, okay. And he says, yeah, you know, it was her third time being late, and I just had it, and it was enough. But he was, he, I could see that he was he worked, was worked up. up. Yeah, He was worked up. And I said, okay. I said, that, that's, I understand you let her go. I said, that, that, that could have been the right thing to do. But what I'm more concerned with or want to kind of give you guidance is like, why are you upset about it? And, and mm -hmm. so let's do some soul work here. I said, when you look at what she did that really pissed you off, what would you say that is? Like if you're trying to language precisely what she did to piss you off, what would that be? And he, and he said to me, he says, she lacks discipline and she doesn't come through with the things that she says she's going to come through with, like being on time. And that fucking shit aggravates me, he says. Okay, I got it. I get it. So what you want to understand, the way this hologram works, the way this universe, you inverse, <laughs> shit. the way this you inverse works <laughs> is she is reflecting a part of your consciousness. So turn that around and wow. look at where do you lack discipline? Oh, wow. Where do you say you're going to get shit done and start it and you don't complete? You don't. And it's either going to be somewhere how you relate with yourself, with others, or with God. 
And he just stood silent for a second. He just said, well, it's my body. And I said, yeah, it's your body. Because if she would have done that in my organization, I would have simply escorted her in to the, uh, the conference room and said, hey, Ashley, as much as I think you're great, you have a wonderful personality, this is our third conversation, I can't run a company like this. And unfortunately, we're going to issue your last check and, and uh, you know, this is going to be the last day. Right. I'm not upset. She, so she's good. because she because I'm disciplined, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I right. do. Uh, yeah, she's not reminding me about my own body, you wow. know. It's like I I'm 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 good there, so I'm not judging that as right or wrong. I can observe it, and I can be neutral in the observation, right? But if I'm if I'm agitated, then I'm judging that as right or wrong, mm. right? And it's like Jesus said about like you know take out this you know like the speck and the other uh, person versus the, the log in your own eye. Right. It's like this idea, like, don't judge that shit when you have your, your, own, your, own. your own log in your own eye. Wow. And the shit that irritates you everywhere, it could be Donald Trump, it could be Biden, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it could be you driving down the, high, the highway, something's happening, that's a clue. So good, yeah. And you can so game you can gamify this shit, you know. Where it's like wow. I'm, I'm constantly looking for the shit that irritates me because I'm like, there's a part of me there. There's my you inverse, and where is that shit? And I think wow. the more you're able to do that, the more you you evolve, the more you grow, the more internal stability you have. And I think right now, bro. I mean, like with what's coming. You know, I mean, economically, it's it's fragile. You know, AI is 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 a big thing. It's it's going to be very chaotic moving right. forward. If we think shit's moving fast now, give this a couple more years. This thing's going to feel like it's on hyperdrive, and the necessity to have inner stability is going to be so important for leaders. Mm. You know, where is where where can people come to? sort of a, a safe harbor, you know, where the, where the energy feels anchored. And I think in order to feel anchored in chaos, you got you got to go into these places. You got to address all the shit that irritates you. And the more you do that, it, it's like you're a great anchor. And all of a sudden, in, around your field, you create calm. So good, dude. Yeah. That is so good. And as you're talking about it, I'm just thinking of all the things that irritate me. Mm -hmm. And then as I relate them, I'm like, shit. And and for those that have, uh, you know, kids, right? Yeah. You probably see that the most. Totally, dude. Right? It's probably the most because there's so much of you in them. Exactly. And bro. then they do things that irritate you, and you're like, and then you, and then I think about it, and I'm like, well, that's, oh, dude, that's so it's crazy, good. right? So good. <laughs> well, <laughs> I remember so when good. my kids were growing up, bro, and it was like when they were like five or seven years old, and they're like around my house and they're they're just jumping and doing what little boys do right and it's pissing me off <laughs> you know and i'm like okay like what what is this but you know it, it was right there in that element it was like essentially like shut up and don't play was essentially an aspect of me where i don't get to play i haven't got to play like my childhood got robbed for me right you know so all of a sudden i'm seeing my kids having the fun i never had right and it kind of irritates me you know unconsciously not right. knowing you know right but after exploring my own consciousness with that and it's like this this idea that you know our our our, our children are choosing us as parents mm. you know their souls are saying okay yeah i'm coming in with that mother and that father because there is curriculum <laughs> on both ends of this. I need to teach them X, Y, and Z 
And they also need to give me the guidance to do what I'm here to do on the planet as well. So I think when you start to view things from that lens as well, it's like, okay, so, so my sons chose me and not only so that I can guide them, but so that they can teach me stuff as well. So as much as we help them grow, they are also there to help us grow. Yeah, I think that they help us rise. Right. They, so they help, good. they help, they help grow us up. You'll see, like, yeah. you'll see like, like all this shit that he's going to give you, if you can take it in as, as data, as information and, and you're going to, you're going to see like, man, yeah, I can see where I had an issue there or I was doing that. And, you know, and it's, it's going to give you like codes, like the codes of your transformation are woven within the drama of your life. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's all right there and all the little drama that your codes like there you go. Take those codes and like go to the next level. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> this is so good. So and and I know there's everybody that struggles with this. So where can they go? How can they get help? How does so if someone's listening to you and they're like, yes, Fran- Francisco, I I'm there, right? And I and I want to make that change. They're they're conscious of it. Yeah. Where could someone go to? That's a good question. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that you. At, so look, I, I think that what I'm, I mean, you, dude, you you've been in seminars. You're pretty much your entire entrepreneurial path. Like yeah. we're seminar junkies, and we go and visit. You know the the big people and the influencers. That's all necessary because those are external things, right? What I'm teaching is an internal thing. And that, I don't think that I know very many people that actually can teach that. I know people that are making suggestions to go drink medicine, go drink ayahuasca, and that that's going to heal it. Right. That's not it. Right. You know, you really have to understand the framework of spiritual psychology. Most definitely. And I think, I think like for those listening, you know, I studied psychology in school, but I didn't know there was a spiritual psychology. Mm. You know, when you look up the word psychology in the dictionary, it says the study of science of mind and behavior. But then you open up the word psyche, that means soul. Ology is a study of, so psychology should have always been the study of the The soul. soul. But in the Western world, we strip the soul out of everything. And it's all about the mind. Exactly. And so what spiritual psychology aims to do is reintegrate the soul in in the human condition Right. to get a true understanding of behaviors that are happening. You know, and once you once you understand that, it's like, okay, now I have a different framework, but now how do I do the freaking work? Right. I think I think this is what requires mentorship and guidance and and that's what I offer through the curriculum. I have one-on-one mentorship that I offer. You can go to my Instagram um and 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 along with the mentorship, there's actually about about 18 hours of, of of videos that are in this course in this curriculum, that sort of lays out the foundation and the principles to begin to walk this kind of pathway, mm. and 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 it and it's and it's been hard for me to quantify for people like. Because, you know, normally when you have online courses and stuff, it's like, hey, I'm going to 10x your income and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Right. And in this, it's, it's kind of hard to say that. But what I can clearly tell people is that we know that relationships are everything in business. Most definitely. How you relate with yourself, with your employees, your team, all that stuff. So imagine having a deeper relationship with yourself. How does that influence all your other relationships? Mm. Right? Who then, you know, starts to come by your side, the allies, the people that start to say, hey, you know, th- there's something here that with Adrian that I want to come and be a part of. 
you know, then how, what does it also do with your relationship with money? You know, when, when you start kind of going into the spiritual psychology wormhole, that's another big piece that starts to shift is how you relate with money because everything is a relationship. Right. Your business is a relationship. Right. So if your business is pissing you off, guess what? That's mirror work, right? If it's irritating you, there's actually some code in there. If money is, 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 is always, and you know, in and out, and right. it's like you got to ask, you know, Annabelle says this really well in a recent course we did, but if money was in a relationship with Adrian, what would money say about Adrian? So good. So good. So good. Spend it too much. Right. Yeah. It's like, I'm too loose. I'm this. I'm that. Right. It's like, it starts to tell you. It's like, if she were your right. girlfriend, like, what would she say? You Tighten know? it up. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like, how we relate with the money is a huge piece, but then also this inner stability. Like, how, how, how can you translate to somebody? If you, if, if you do this work, you're going to have inner stability so that when the chaos and all this tumultuous times come in your business, that you're going to be able to be centered right. and be able to see where the right move is, mm. right? Because if you get your psychology right and your biology right, then it's like you're going to be able to see the trends. And if you want to make money in this world, you got to be able to see the fucking trends. So where good. are things going? So but good. if you're uh, always in an upset and you've got too much cortisol moving through and too much adrenaline and you're just like... You can't see. You can't really see. Yeah. Your 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 movie's very staticky. A lot right. of noise. Fast. Well, yeah, it's fast. And when you can stabilize, it's like, oh wow, okay, I'm gonna make my bet right there, you know. And once you start to understand that, what what you know, I'm offering specifically is that is core inner stability. You know, being able to have emotional regulation. Do you want a better relationship with your wife? Emotional regulation be able to be sensitive to emotions, be able to read emotions, be able to be fluent with them, be able to process them. The big hit that, that, that women have against men is that we're so emotionally, we're, ch we're children. We're like infants <laughs> in that realm. We get upset and we throw a tantrum and right. we don't know how to like communicate when it's, when it's emotional. You know, so if you learn how to do that, then, then, then that's really where it's at. So I guess the long of that to, to say is that if you want to do this work, I think, I think you got to come through me right now. I love that. You know, and they show Instagram and where else can they? Yeah. Find Instagram them? and then the website, givingbusinesssoul.com. And then Instagram is just francisco.hara.33. And, and you do live events too, right? Yeah. Yeah. When's yeah. the next live event? I have one on Saturday, actually. This oh. is August 26th. It's a small, okay. intimate one. I'm piloting a brand new format. And if this goes well, I feel like it will. I'm going to go like in a 200-person event in Love Diamond that. Bar. Well, keep us updated on that. I will, we'll bro. Definitely, uh, send that out. Yeah, that'd be great. So what it sounds like, the course, I mean, because you mentioned you can't really give like 10x or any of that. But, mm. I mean, yeah. when you talk about it, I see an infinite return. Exactly. That's bro. really what it is, right? It's exactly. an infinite return. Because the infinite really. return can be in multiple different categories, right? But what's the infinite return in the relationship? What's the right. infinite return in you? Right? Because you can't put really put a dollar amount mm -mm. to that. That's a good way right? to put it. You can't put a dollar amount. There's no way you mm -mm. can say I'm going to 10x your business mm -mm. by learning this. This What you're teaching is is beyond the words or beyond the language of, of yeah. dollar signs. That's it. That's that's actually pretty decent, bro. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, yeah infinite returns. Yeah, yeah. because it's like, I we we're, we we you know I paid for some really high end business coaches right. on the online course space and it's like you got to dollarize it I'm like motherfucker right. I can't yeah you can't. I can't I can't <laughs> because like I mean I've I've saved divorces I've saved you know all it's of a sudden infinite. yeah like all these different areas that it touches and it's like yeah but it's too broad it's too this and it's like yeah but it really does hit all the areas because Most definitely yeah once you understand that again it's like you're in an evolutionary game.
So good. And the more that you evolve, it immediately changes your finances, changes Everything. the relationship with your spouse, your kids, yeah. your team, every area. And at the end of the day, we are not goal-oriented beings. We are process-oriented beings. So spot on. Right? So and, and when we're process-oriented, then the goals just happen. Right. You know, we are just like nature. Nature doesn't have a goal. Right. She's just always evolving, becoming more diverse, more resilient, more adaptable, more, more whole. And, and, and that's why that's 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 a, a, a very easy way to depict. Well, if we have the same geometric structures as nature, we're also of nature. And what we've had as an issue on our planet right now is that we've been broken away from nature. Right. Like think about it in the creation story. Right. In the creation story, because of the sin, we're casted away from the garden. Being casted away from the garden sort of created a schism in our consciousness that broke us out from nature, mm. right? And we've been sort of warring against nature instead of actually learning how to live in accordance with nature. And when we start to do that, again, it just sort of just makes everything very harmonious. But it's like we have to stop fighting it and start understanding like, the way that we operate, it's exactly the same way, man. It's so good. It's so good. Well, I do want to segue real fast to yeah. the mortgage company because yeah. you've put giving business soul into mortgage. That's right. right. So how have you done that on the mortgage landscape? Because I haven't seen it yeah. done by anybody, right? And it's super, super inspiring and impressive to see how the Mortgage Phoenix Group has yeah. has grown, especially since, because I think I I met you in your first show. Yeah, yeah, we were literally, I yeah. think I, I, so I, I birthed it December 21st, 2012. Yeah, and we were hanging out in 2011. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. So you were I, in the Prius at the time? Yeah, I was in the Prius. <laughs> I remember that Prius. <laughs> that, that, that's got a lot of good stories. Quarter million miles on that thing. <laughs> Did a gray Prius? Yeah. <laughs> no, a white one. It was a white one. A white one. I think, right, I right. think Anthony had the gray, the gray one, one or somebody yeah. had the gray one. But, but yeah, so December 21st, 2012, that number should stick out to some of us. Right, that that was the day that the Mayans predicted that right. an entirely oh, new right. transition was coming. Right, and so I was actually really intentional about birthing the Mortgage Phoenix at that moment in time. Specifically at 8 a.m., I had the corporate docs stamped. The oh, website went cool. live. That was supposed to be the birthday, because in my studies, what they were saying wasn't that the world was going to come to an end, but an entirely new time period was coming. And for me, the Mortgage Phoenix Group was to represent this entirely new time period in business. And, and that new sort of breed or blueprint or template was about unifying this idea of philanthropy and business. Mm. So for me at that time, my heartbreak happened because I was involved with, a, with the mystery school. So I was in a relationship with a woman who was like a mystic woman. And so she was in a, 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 uh, a mystery school. A mystery school is a school that had to go underground to protect their sacred knowledge at the time of the churches, of the, the Catholic church, because if mm. you were opposed to the church, yeah. you would be killed. So they held sacred knowledge, and they go kind of underground, and these were what you could call your mystery schools. And so I, I, uh, I started to dive into this feminine mystery school. It was all about womb shamanism. And so when I started to read about the truth about the feminine and what had happened because of the religion and having the original sin coming from Eve because she bit the apple and then all the witch hunts that happened all through Europe, 
right. I started to learn a deeper truth. And, and, and the deeper truth, you ever heard that expression that, that history is written by the victor? History is written. No, I have not. So there's a, there's a quote. I don't know who says it, but it's like this idea that history is written by the one who, who's the victorious one. So one. in war, whoever wins that war, they're going to write their version of, of, of the story. Right. Right. And so, and so what, what his story, his, he story, right, versus the truth of her story. Just about the two, yeah. Right, exactly. So it's like, so the, the truth about her story was this deeper line of what had happened to the feminine at the hands of religion. Mm. Because they, 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 they blame women for sin, right. for all the different deeds, they're all sluts and whores, and then all of a sudden we have the witch hunts where we slaughter about a million to four million women at the stake under the pretense that they're, they're witches. Oh, shoot. So, so imagine now you're learning all that truth about the way that the Roman church did to, to women. For me, that broke my heart. Wow. So that, that for me was my heartbreak when I started to learn about that. And yeah. so then, then I said, wow, okay, so I want to then use my mortgage business to help to sort of offset that. And then I decided to start building homes for women and children in places in need in, in Mexico and stuff. And so that was, that was the origin of my heartbreak. And then I started using my business to, to move that. And so by leading with philanthropy and doing business in, a, in this new way, that's what has become now the Mortgage Phoenix Group. It's been 11 years now that we've been operating under this template and, uh, and not only is it operating with a philanthropic culture uh, where, you know, most of my planners have gone to Ensenada, Mexico, 10, 15, 20 times. Right. I've been there like 30 something times, but I have an entire group of people that also believe that and they go and they're doing the philanthropy work. And wow. um, so it's just a different type of culture that you get to have. And uh, and that's a, a different type of blueprint. That's what I call a violet organization violet. like the color violet right. and and violet for those that know the chakra systems right. or in the in the west it's called the human integral system violet is sort of that that the upper echelon of knowledge or wisdom and so this is what i believe to be the template of the the new organizations the new breeds of organizations mm. these organizations that have soul infused in them mm. led by leaders who have done their inner work <laughs> you know, who have healed their parts of themselves and now they can hold a higher frequency inside of the organization because I believe that in the future organizations will be sort of rated or based off the frequency that they have, right? Like we know that we have frequency, but what about our organizations? So good. Right? And imagine you as a leader are, are on that path of self-realization and then the people that start to, you know, work inside the organization, they also start to evolve and develop. Right. Now you have an organization of very conscious, heart-centered individuals doing business for a higher purpose. And that's, that's really the template of what I have, which is called the Violet Organization. And individuals that, that, that want to have organizations, I call that the Path of the Merchant. That's a nine-month program that I offer. It's kind of like a full rebirth program. And uh, but yeah, I have that. I have a template, I, and that's what I'm writing the book on. Is, is is to introduce pretty much a lot of what I've shared today. Is like that that there is this window of time, 
right. that, that, that we, as hopeless as it can potentially feel, like as entrepreneurs, we're holding that rock inside of, of, of David's slingshot and Goliath is the fucking matrix, but we have a <laughs> rock at least. And that rock is entrepreneurship, just doing it in a different way. So good. In a higher way, you know, and I think, uh, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a long battle. Right. You know, I think it's going to take time to transition, but I think COVID 2020 you know, I think for me, it started to crack open the veil right. a bit. Like it, it started to show the corruption very clearly. Mm-hmm. And I think people people are looking to get involved with a new story, a Most new definitely. human story, the one that has that is filled with hope and actually not just hope, but also like a, a pretty pretty decent game plan of like, okay, let's just kind of address our pain, everybody. Right. Stop projecting it out into the world. And then what kind of businesses emerge when we heal? Yeah. You know, I think some pretty cool shit could happen. That's incredible. I'm really excited about what you're doing. And Thank uh, you, brother. when you talk about us, the, you know, the Mayans, and they talked about, you know, like a, a new world, was is that the same thing that Ray Dalio talks about in Changing World Order? Mm-hmm. I think I think so. I mean, I think Dalio's speaking about it uh, in, the, in the book, The Fourth Turning. Oh, the Fourth uh, Turning, yes. Yeah. That, right. that, it's, essentially, it's like it's... right. In our reality, the economics is also showing of what's happening on a spiritual level. Most definitely, it's like it's right. it's like it's it's coalescing, right. and so a lot of the prophecies from the Hopis, the Mayans, the Incan, you know what's going on economically. We're like we're in the shit. So like crazy. we're in this thing. I mean, right. we've now transitioned into the age of Aquarius. We're moving out of Pisces. It's like all of these cosmological things are lining up, and that's why it's feeling like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> AI is like breathing down our throat. They got yeah. UFOs all of a sudden being under. Like, there's, it's like it's it's a uh, it's a quickening, right? You know, and it's quickening. because <laughs> yeah, it's because I think we're in it. I think we're in the, the great transition point. But I think wow, you know, when you're in when you're when you're when you're making history, you know, you probably don't realize it when you're in it. Right. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. you know, 50 years from go, man, that time period from 9 to 2020 to 2030, that was the window that literally shaped the entire rest of this trajectory. And I and I believe that this is the window we're in. It's either we get it right or, or it's it's kind of like Terminator, yeah. you know, <laughs> just, just as a quick little thing. It's just dude in the movie Terminator, if you guys remember, Arnold Schwarzenegger comes back to protect Sarah Connor who has a son who is John Connor. John Connor is Neo in the movie The Matrix. Wait. So the the machines, the movies, it was a okay. prequel. Okay. So the so 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 the machines come back to take out the mother because that son was supposed to take yeah. out the machines. Oh exactly you see it you see it now so essentially they uh, they came back to take out neo but they don't they're not successful so then at the end of the movie the terminator they're sitting out there in the the desert and they're like a storm is coming right and she's pregnant with the time and they're like the storm is coming the storm coming was skynet artificial intelligence essentially the machines and then when the first movie the matrix the machines had already won and then Neo was exactly shit. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's it. So it's and so Neo then has to break out of the Matrix, and then by the and third Matrix, he blows up the machines, and it right. goes, you know. But but 
I think that that's kind of what we're up against. I, mean, I think the machines are coming right now, and these things are incredibly brilliant. I mean, we don't right. stand a chance, I think, yeah. if we don't really uh, get it. It's either, either artificial intelligence is going to rule the world or our divine intelligence is going to rule the world, wow. and which one is up to us. It's either the artificial intelligence is like the collective shadow of our humanity. We would not be able to create something that we don't have the capability of being ourselves. Mm. But because we have been unable to go down to the depths of our own being to activate our divine intelligence, it eludes us. But, but I think that that's a very real possibility, like that somebody activates that divine intelligence. And once one person activates then it's just a race to get the rest of us to follow because we're social creatures. And once we know that there's a better way, we'll go. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's AI versus DI. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it put like that. Yeah. That's such a perspective, dude. My, uh, you are very intelligent. Uh, thank you. You're very intelligent. <laughs> As you're talking, I'm like, my mind's keeping up with it all. It's so good, dude. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm very excited what you're doing, especially in the entrepreneurial space. Especially in the mortgage space, because you don't, you know, you, you definitely don't see this at all. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I just, uh, something in me calls me to just say, thank you for what you're doing to the world, right? Mm. More of us need to get on the path. More of us need to get on that path. So thank you guys, you. please do me a favor. Make sure you're following Francisco. The next event he goes to, do your best to be there. You typically have him in Southern California, Yeah, right? it's out here in California, here yeah, in so, the IE. And I know a lot of you are from California. Those of you that are not, take the flight in, guys. This was awesome, Frank. Yeah, this thank was you, good, That was a lot of fun. Is there any, uh, if you had last-minute words to say to, to those that are listening, what would it be? Um, yeah, I would say that my last message to everybody is just, you know, we, we didn't come down here at this very pivotal time in human history for no reason. You know, if, if again, if you've always felt like a deeper significance for why you're here, just you felt out of place know that I think you're called to be one of the really strong souls that are here to lead a new human story and have the courage to follow it, even though it doesn't make any sense. Uh, as I like to say, it's like I'd rather have the whole world against me, but that of my own soul. You know, follow the soul despite, you know, what other people are going to tell you, because once you start to follow those breadcrumbs that God has left on your passageway through the earth, the more your divine purpose starts to show up, you start to live out a really, you know, a real mystery. It's like a mysterious carpet ride that's just, you don't know where it's ending up, but, you know, just like any good movie, why would you want to know the end anyways? You know, just have the courage to step onto that path, let the magical mystery carpet ride take you, and, uh, and, and yeah, and, and allow it to, to color in your life because we are illuminant beings and we're here to essentially be conduits for for god like we've literally come here to be the hands feet and mouthpiece of the divine to to lighten up a darkened world you know this is our time this is our place and uh and it's a romantic time to be alive as long as you look at it like that so enjoy it this has been one big giant coaching session for me <laughs> <laughs> selflessly <laughs> selfishly thanks brother this was so freaking good dude that is awesome Thank you, bro you guys as i mentioned before make sure you're following frank uh as you're talking about that and i've told you this before dude my whole ever since i was a kid i i've always felt like my soul's mm -hmm. just made for more right i told mm -hmm. you this before yep. and uh, as you're saying that i'm like 
ever since I was a kid, dude. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid. And, uh, yeah. Even like, I'm, I'm sure like even the stuff that you like the, the, the cartoons you would watch, like yeah. those are all signs like, you know, yeah. which, which, who was your favorite, uh, you know, Marvel character, which were your favorite movies? Like you, you've been marked, bro. You're yeah. marked. You, you know, it's like so essentially good. the game has come out from, from among them now. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Frank, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You guys, if you haven't done so already, make sure you leave a review. Give us a five-star review. Really appreciate that. Make sure you tell somebody you know about the channel. This has been my second podcast where I'm literally like just lost for words mm. when they're done talking because it's just like such a good coaching session for me. Mm. I know you got something out of this. I want to know if you're watching this on YouTube. Comment below. What was the biggest thing you got from the podcast today with Francisco. If you are on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, send me a DM on Instagram, at Adrian Hernandez. I want to know what you learned from Frank. I'll share with you what I learned. This was so good. Frank, I want to have you back, man. I want to have you back in the future. Let's talk you about, uh, go deeper on mortgage, and uh, I'm going to take a little journey with you, and let's see, let's okay. see what happens let's to you. Let's do it. I'm game. I'm so excited. I'm game, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. You guys, thank you again. See you all in the next episode. Let's go.